This episode of Vegan Snack Attack is brought to you by Fetch Eyewear. These stunning eyeglass frames are super cool, and all the proceeds from Fetch Eyewear go directly to animal rescue and adoption with an organization called Pixie Project. They're awesome eyeglass frames. They're totally vegan. They fill the prescriptions for you. Go to FetchEyewear.com to learn more. And now, on to the show. If you're ever seeking for some grub that is vegan, but there's nothing new to try, or ideas have run dry, I know the feeling. But the podcast is here to relieve all your fears, so you better sink your Everybody, welcome to Vegan Snack Attack. It's me, John, and I'm sure you've seen on the episode description who I'm with today, and it's very, very exciting. I'm hanging out with Dustin, aka the Vegan Roadie. What's up, dude? Hey, man, how's it going? It's going all right. Uh, Dustin and I, uh, for everybody out there listening, we met at uh, the rap party for the season two uh, shoot of um, the Vegan Roadie, and we had an awesome time I was there with my driftwood homies and uh we just had such a blast it was up in Seattle so thanks for uh having an event for us to hang out at yeah are you kidding me it was so awesome that you guys all came out it was so nice to have you guys there it was great Uh, and then we we had a long ride back to Portland that night (laughs) and you know when you're in a pretty quiet van with uh people that you're still getting to know late at night, that's when like the deep, dark secrets come oh, out. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, all right, we got to talk about some real stuff right <laughs> now. And it was it was a blast, but man, oh man. So thank you for giving I us I can that only imagine. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I've had all those road trips across the country where you're driving for hours and then you've got conversation upon conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, road trips, it's kind of your thing. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of the whole vegan roadie. It's true. Thing. My camera man and I know each other very well now after the last tour. So, Well, uh, why don't we start back at the beginning and we'll kind of lead into the whole vegan roadie thing. Sure. Uh, can you tell me a little bit just about your uh, yourself, your background with uh, veganism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I've been vegan for about seven years and um, I that's when cooking got interesting to me. So after about five years of it, I'd been traveling and traveling, and then I I booked a gig in New York, and I was here steady for about a year and a half, and that's when I finally had a uh, kitchen to use Mm -hmm. all the time, and that's when I started getting really into cooking. Then I went to culinary school at the Natural Gourmet Institute. Then I worked with uh, Chloe Coscarelli on the menu for her new restaurant. Um, And as I was in school, I kind of didn't know why I was there. I just knew that I really loved cooking and wanted to learn about it. And that's when I was like, I knew I was going out on the road after with another gig. So I was like, how can I combine these two things? And that's sort of how the vegan roadie was born. Right on. Um, so you were vegan when you went into culinary school? I was, yes. Mm-hmm. Was was it a, a very specific vegan cooking school or was it, um, did you natu- have to do some stuff you didn't like doing? Well, they, they were cool. I mean, they, they were used to having vegan students. It's the Natural Gourmet Institute here in New York, and it's very veggie-based, and they're getting more and more vegan-based. They do have, like, a specific meat week, and they would ac- uh-huh. occasionally use eggs and butter. But, um, like, let's say there was a class with 10 recipes that day. There were usually about, like, at least six of the recipes were vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go in there 
they have an understanding of who you are and what you want to do. So, I mean, there were like three other vegans in class with me out of okay. like 16 people. So, you know, uh, when it came to the week where they did meet, we sort of said, okay, this is spring break. See ya. We'll be oh. back in a week. Oh, that's good. That's great. That yeah. Really cool about that. That's, uh, yeah, that's something that I've always wondered about with culinary schools and people going into it who are vegan. Um, but no, that sounds great. Shout out to well, them and, for being so yeah. cool. Yeah, it was great. I would even, I mean, what I suggest now to people, not that I don't suggest that school, I love it and I learned so much there and it was great for me and what I needed to do, but there's a Ruby online cooking school now, so you can cook in your own home at your own pace right for about, on. and it's all plant, you can pick the all plant-based course and they like cover some really specific stuff and I ended up doing that after just to sort of like forward my education a little bit and it was, if you're something that's really like particularly like honed in, but at Natural Gourmet you get the experience of having instructors that are hands-on who have been in the business, so you get all those stories too. I mean, there's a difference in the two, but they're both very valuable. Cool. Um, now, can we just rewind about seven years and tell me a little bit about how you became vegan and kind of what your reasons were behind it? Sure. It all started for health. I mean, it was all just health-based. I was always, you know, um, I was always doing like Weight Watchers and stuff back uh-huh. in the day, crazy like South Beach diet and stuff like that, and then. I read Skinny Bastard one day, the nice. male version of Skinny Bitch, and then it was done. I was like, it was, you know, they were informative, but they were entertaining, the authors, and they kept me laughing, but then, you know, would hit me with some hard facts in the next moment. So, like, it started with that, and I was entertained and intrigued and not intimidated. I felt comfortable with that book, and then I just started exploring. The biggest thing I remember from that is they were like, it's trial and error, you know, if you try some stuff and mm-hmm. you don't like it, don't give up, keep trying some more stuff. So I just did, and I kept uh, you know, taking things out of my diet, putting other things in. Of course, as years have progressed, um, I feel if you're any sort of compassionate, good human being, while it may start as health, you start to do your own uh, research, and you're, yeah. you know, you're, it becomes a whole different journey, and, which it certainly has for me. But um, it all started with health. Yeah, I, you know, I had a very similar experience. It was about um, my, my family having a history of heart problems and, you know, oh, if I cut out red meat, then that makes a big difference. And then the more you cut things out, the more you learn about other things, the more research you do about one thing, the more you learn about something else that's like, oh, well, this is probably also good that I'm doing this because the animals. Hello. Yeah, it can get a little (laughs) overwhelming at times. My partner was always like, stop reading things. Stop reading things. (laughs) So I'd be like, do you know blah, 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 blah. And he was like, stop reading everything. (laughs) Oh, well. Nope, not going to stop reading stuff. <laughs> right? Um, oh, you just reminded me that I made coffee and I forgot to go get it for myself. Anyway. Ah, but that's okay. Curse. I have something to look forward to. Um, yes. we're yes. By the way, everybody, we're recording this over Skype and I just saw Dustin take a nice big mug of coffee. Just right Party sip day. of coffee. Oh, well. Uh, something to look forward oh. to. Uh, so... You you did that about seven years ago. When did you yeah. have your start your interest in cooking? Was that about the same time? I've always been interested in cooking, but there was a shift for me when I became vegan because it became I don't I, I it was it was more interesting. I was I was learning about new ingredients, mm-hmm. um, and that's my my biggest thing to people when I do presentations and demos and stuff like that. I talk about now is I'm like, don't be scared of it. Get excited. These are like new ingredients, and mm-hmm. people are like. I don't know what nutritional yeast is. And I'm like, well, you didn't know what flour was until you made cookies with your grandma. So like, exactly. let's go. Here's nutritional yeast. You know, it's, it's not anything to be scared of. I, I kind of took that, 
that side of it where people are scared. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to be excited about this instead of scared. And when I took that view on it, I couldn't like, I mean, I just made, I just made a bunch of cheeses this week from Yoko Shinner's book. Like oh I'm God. a madman, you know, like it's, um, it, it's fun to me. There's a science to it. Um, and also sort of finding a way to make those things that satiated you on the standard American diet. Mm-hmm. Um, that became sort of like a fun quest for me too. Always looking for the best macaroni and cheese and pizza, right. uh, vegan versions of those things. Um, so that just got me really, really interested in it. Yeah, uh, I had a similar experience pretty recently. Thinking about kind of the the types of foods that are typical to a vegan diet. You know, people see the word seitan and they get all weirded out and they joke about uh, it and everything. Uh, uh, they think uh, it sounds weird or tempeh sounds like a weird word. But then it's right. like the word beef is a weird word and sure. <laughs> you know, it's like people called it that for the longest time, but it had, you know, it, somebody had to say it first and then it just became right. a regular exactly. normal thing. So yeah, it's just like, it'll be a mat- just a matter of time before all this stuff yeah. just becomes regular. Uh, I mean, for people us now it's regular. More... Yeah. I think people are getting more and more comfortable with it. I mean, it's just a process. There's, I think finally that intimidation factor of veganism is starting to be removed a little bit and now people are starting to get excited, but we just have to keep like going in that direction. Oh yeah. Um, and then still seven years ago, uh, what line of work were you in leading up to your, uh, newfound interest in food and veganism? I was still in uh, theater at the time. Oh, so cool. I, I was still into theater probably up until about two years ago, uh, whether it was as an actor or I also worked with uh, rescue advocate and theatrical and media dog trainer William Berloni. Um, so our platform was basically to rescue dogs and then train them mm-hmm. and show people through art that they are still good dogs and rescue dogs should still be held as quality dogs that can be trained and, you know, oh, wonderful awesome. pets. Yeah. So he's, he's the only man in his field to do it like that. So I've been very blessed and it was a great way to stay in theater as well. Yeah. And I would argue that you haven't really left acting. No, uh, not at all. <laughs> Not at all. It's, you know, once it's part of you, it's kind of there. So Yeah, you know, just watching your show, uh, The Vegan Roadie. Everybody can watch it online, go to YouTube. Yes, uh, yes, yes. yes. Uh, you know, it's having met you in person and having this conversation with you now, it's it, you're still the same person when you're hosting this show, but... You know, there's a little bit of theatrics to it, and sure, yeah. yeah. So that's great that you had that experience and were able to kind of transition it into this new life that you have, where you're going yeah. across the country in a van with a with a guy, and that's that's <laughs> recording you eat food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do what I do uh, with the vegan roadie if I didn't have 15 years in theater and and TV and film and all that. Um, I've been so fortunate. It's so amazing. As I've done the last two years of The Vegan Roadie, there's two seasons for everyone listening, um, and we're releasing season two right now. But as I've done these two years on the road, um, I've had moments where I literally go, oh my gosh, if I hadn't done XYZ in theater or XYZ when I worked with Bill, I wouldn't have been ready for these moments that I've had. Um, And it takes a lot because I'm not just showing up on camera. I'm producing the show i'm mm-hmm. writing it i'm creating it i'm setting up shots with drew i'm contacting all the restaurant owners and setting up the schedule with them and the shots we're going to do and the food we're going to do so i mean it's a whole i'm a whole production team to get all of this done hopefully in the future that changes because i'm yeah. tired but you know it's like 
I would not have been able to do this had I not had the career I've had leading up to this. So it, it certainly is meshing uh, all of my experience from the past together. It's been amazing. That's really cool. Uh, do you have any prior experience producing? No, I mean, I've just always been creative. Like, yeah. You know, like, I mean, I've just always been someone to, I mean, I think that's where it comes for me getting in the kitchen. It was the reason I got excited about it was the creative side of recreating uh, you know, standard American dishes. Mm -hmm. So then for this, it's like for me to create this show, um, to start from the beginning, I've just sort of learned with every episode that we've done, you know, and there's something in me that's, I mean, my wheels start ticking and it's, it's, I've never been as, as fired up about something as I am about this. I, I definitely feel it's important to entertain people so that we can make a difference and not just yell at people for saying they're doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to applaud people's curiosity and I feel the best way to do that is to say, Hey, I know you like this, but maybe you want to try this. And maybe right. they'll say, maybe I will, you know? Um, so this was my, my sort of way to do that through entertainment. That, that's awesome. And for anybody listening who, uh, maybe hasn't seen the show yet, can you give a little, uh, brief synopsis of, sure. of what the vegan roadie is all about? Yeah, Vegan Roadie is a plant-based version of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. So it's the only vegan travel culinary web series. Uh, I've gone around to probably over uh, 100 restaurants. I've been to over 300 in the last two years that mm -hmm. have vegan options, but we have filmed at over 100. Um, and I talk about the food. I talk to the chefs. I talk to the owners and uh, show you what's going on in the plant-based uh, culinary world across the country. Which, and it's it's a really fun show, and it's it makes it brings you back to that time when you could safely turn on like Food Network or Cooking Channel and totally not have to worry about what you're looking at and right. if it's an, right, right, you right. Know, a dead animal or not. And um, then being like, oh, I'm interested in a food show, but I'm not interested in you cooking this steak right now. Uh, yeah, no. that's a struggle. Yeah, yeah, and you get to also learn about what's all around the country. You've only just done it in the United States, right? You haven't gone. We've just done the states. We went to Vancouver for the okay. last episode. So I mean, for that last episode, we international went. cuisine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah actually. So before uh, I moved to Portland and I've been working with Driftwood, I used to produce reality television shows, and I was in oh, development goodness. for a bit. And I tried selling basically the show that you're doing. Uh, it was called Vigabond. And yeah. uh, everybody was afraid of it. Nobody would touch That's it. That's a good name. Oh, yeah. Everyone's afraid of this, too. They're all like, oh, meat, uh, yeah. meat, dairy, egg advertisers can't go for it, won't go for it. And now I'm just kind of – I always get the question of like, what about Food Network? What about Food Network? And I yeah. look at them and I'm like, well, what about Food Network? So now I'm like, I'm like I want to – I may need to make a contact with like Amazon or Netflix or something and get that ball oh, rolling. Oh, for sure. I mean, Netflix is – uh, they're doing amazing things, releasing amazing documentaries, yeah. uh, you know, that are really changing people's perspectives. And I think that that's the thing that's really making the biggest difference right now is all of the content out there that people can watch and be like, oh, this isn't some weird hippy dippy thing. This is a right. real thing that's happening that we need to be paying attention to. There are scientists talking about it. There right. are, right. you know, people who look like me who yeah, are out sure. there making it. You were doing show. reality TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was weird. I did some shows that I did some shows that were like actually good 
Um, sure. I, I I was an associate producer on Whale Wars for a couple of seasons, so it was like, all right, that's all right. And uh, then there, then I got pigeonholed into doing shows about like hunting and fishing, and I was like, I've got to get out of this. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah. Woo. So, uh, but that chapter of my life is over. <laughs> Thank goodness. But um, no, but. You know, when when developing a show and pitching it around to production companies and networks and all of them saying no, it can be really disheartening. But you took it, you took that type of thing to the next step and just said, "I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this myself." Um, and you found sponsors for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you tell me a little bit about the process of finding your? Yeah, sponsors? I mean, I'm gonna go back to you saying, you know, pitching it and all that, and uh, the rejection and the disheartening part. I mean, I had done season one over a course of a year, so we would film, edit, release it, and we did that nine times. And then I had a, a meeting in LA. I had a couple meetings, and then I had one really big one that looked really promising, and the meeting just fell through at the last minute, so mm-hmm. I didn't even get to talk to the people, and. I had really put all my eggs in a basket for that, and I was crushed. Like, I was crushed. So then from there, I was like, I'm not doing a season two. I'm not doing anything. I can't do this. Because you put your heart and soul into this stuff when you're doing it this way. It was every hour of my day. You know, there's not enough hours in the day to make it happen type of thing. And so after a few months, I kind of stood up, and my partner was like, you need to do a season two. Like, you need to, you know, and I was like, okay, I feel you. I was. He's like... But this time, when I was doing the first season, I was touring, uh, working with the dog. So I was touring with the National Tour of Annie. So I had a van. Yeah, I, I had lodging. The only money I needed, I did a, a Kickstarter, a smaller one for the first one, to get my cameraman out to me. He flew out each time. Oh, wow. So this year, I knew I wasn't going to have that because I had left the dog world, and now I was focusing primarily on food uh, with my personal chef clients in New York. And so I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to get a van. What's the one company I love? And I was like, I love Field Roast. Field Roast uh, is so good. Uh, and I was like, what's the one company too that like if I'm going around the country and we have some sort of partnership, I feel great about actually promoting and saying, hey, here's a product to a non-vegan, you know, here's mm-hmm. a product I love, go ahead, give it a shot. And again, Field Roast was the answer. Um, so I wrote this crazy proposal. I had met them when I was in Seattle. I just stopped by the office to say hi and check out the factory. Mm-hmm. And I met this crazy, I wrote this crazy proposal that was like, here's my idea. I know it's crazy, mm-hmm. but tell me what you think. Um, and they loved it. And it took about three months to get an actual confirmation on it because there's a lot to go through there. Um, they donated a van. You know, that, yeah. that's a lot. You know, and the partnership was them donating a van and me doing these cookouts with their awesome food. Um, so, I mean, it was really a win-win for me. Like, I was getting to film my series, but I was also getting to promote this company that I really do believe in. Mm-hmm. So, um Aside from me doing pop-up dinner nights, which is much more extensive than doing a grill, you know, and I feel I feel I felt like this whole cookout idea also spoke to the American public a little more. It was like mm-hmm. that's America, that's cookouts, and I was touring in the spring and the summer. It was just perfect. So, um, you know, we came up with this idea with the van and the tent and everything, and and the van and looks it, awesome too. It was so cool. It was so cool. They were so great. Um, that was Jack Barrow at the office there who designed it and who was wonderful and. Um, so it really was just this, um, it was the right time, right place with the way the universe kind of like, you know, comes together for that sort of stuff. I couldn't have imagined if they would have said no. So once they said yes, then I was like, okay, now I need to do a Kickstarter. (laughs) So I got them to say yes. Then I did the Kickstarter, which just nearly killed me, uh, but was so worth it. Um, and 
a really kind of just a, a Kickstarter is a roller coaster for 30 days. I don't know. Oh, you had, were you with Driftwood when they I, did no, their Kickstarter? No, not at the time, but I've heard, okay. I've heard stories. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Holly can attest. It is an up and down roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Just, But, you know, so Field Rose came through. I didn't know if Field Rose hadn't come through. I don't know if I would have reached out to Tofurky or if I would have mm-hmm. been like, hey, that's the, you know, end of filming for the Vegan Roadie until something else comes along. So, I mean... It felt right, um, and it's amazing the way those things sort of align when when it's meant to be. And uh, did the the folks at Field Roast uh, were they kind of watching over you the whole time, keeping tabs on you, or was it pretty much just like they trusted you to do what you set out to do? Yeah, we set up like a basic guideline, and we set up a basic schedule. I worked with a wonderful woman there named Jennifer Hester. Uh, Hester, I always say her last name wrong. <laughs> spelled very funny. Um, she's dying right now. If she hears this. Um, but <laughs> it's, um, it said like cashew, but it's spelled differently. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, if she's listening, she can uh, she can write to us with a full description yes. of how it's pronounced. You know, I love you, girl. Um, <laughs> her and I worked together very closely through the process to schedule dates on where I would go, and I gave them a full calendar of where I decided to film, and then we put places in the in between there. Um, and then as I was going, it was pretty much on my own because we had set all the guidelines ahead of time. And then I would just reach out to them and be like, hey, you know, this is where it's going to be. Send product here. And they would send everything along. Oh, wow. That was a very, very smooth uh, relationship. Well, that's good. What, uh, did it, were there any uh, foibles that came up along the way? Uh, crazy road trip antics, anything oh. like that? <laughs> There, there's lots of stories. I don't know what I can share on here. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always crazy, crazy stuff. I met uh, Sarah Silverman uh, filming at Food Fud in Kansas City. Okay. Um, she came in as we were filming, and then a woman had a seizure in the same restaurant. Oh and then God. Sarah Silverman told me to call nine one one. So that's the day Sarah Silverman told me to call nine one one. The woman is fine. She was taking an ambulance. Came back the next day. She was okay. A happy ending. Uh, all right. Happy ending, but just crazy. You know, I'm trying to like talk about macaroni and cheese with Sarah Silverman sitting over my shoulder and then a woman had a seizure. It was just crazy. Um, but, you know, lots of little different crazy stories. Lots of great people we met along the way doing, uh, you know, wonderful things for their community and just lots of kind people as well. Yeah. Kind in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that uh, has been popping up in my head this entire time, uh, you were talking about first of all, diners, drive-ins, and dives, and how your yes. show is the, the vegan version of that. Yes. Um, and also, nobody else knows this, but you're wearing an herbivorous butcher shirt, and they were just I on sure diners, drive-ins, and dives. just were, yes. I, I, I couldn't, I don't have uh, Food Network, but I'm dying to check it out. I can't wait to see how that turned uh, out. Go look up Andy Tabar on Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, of uh, the Bearded Vegans and uh, Compassion Co. And he just posted, I think he filmed it as it was on TV oh and then God. posted it. It looks amazing. They filmed there about a month before we filmed there. Oh, so you did film there too. Cool. We, yeah, we did film there. And I, I was like, oh yeah, we're getting the herbivorous, we're getting the scoop. And then they were like, <laughs> Guy Fieri was just that. And I was like, oh, ah. Man. But then I was like, yes, that's great. It so is I great. Mean, it's a huge oh, it's win fantastic. for us. It's a win for everybody, I think. It's really, really great. It's so great. It's so, so, so great. I'm glad it came out. I'm glad he went there. He's done a couple other vegan places as well. Um, and of all the people that deserve it, uh, Herbivorous Butcher is certainly one of them, the top on the list. People. 
They really are. Sweetest people with some amazing products. So it's like yeah. when you're these wonderful people and you're actually producing this outstanding product, it's kind of, you know, hard to turn your back on. They're just amazing. It's a wonderful uh, time to be alive. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and vegan. That's another and thing. And vegan. Um, so when you were, have you ever had the experience, and I'm not asking you to name names at all, where you've been shooting at a place and you've been eating the food and you're just like, I can't really react the way I want to react because this food is not very good, but I'm going to put on a happy face and, and be very enthusiastic about this. Has that happened yet? Oh, uh, I'm going to say maybe like twice. Okay. Before this last year, it hadn't happened at all. But there was mm-hmm. there were there were a couple times, and it wasn't that the food was bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that now in 2016, people got to stay on top of their game. You can so, do better, people. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. there have been restaurants, and and we have to applaud them and we have to support them because they've been there for 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Some of those, I'm not saying all, and I'm certainly not naming names, but some of them need to revamp their menus and get up on what has been happening in vegan food and and what is available to them now because that's where there's sort of that you know that lacks between what's happening now in vegan food and what was great and wonderful 15 years ago might no longer be you mm-hmm. know there might be someone around the block who's doing it a little better so they just need to like re- revamp a little bit and it was never bad i shouldn't uh-huh. say it was bad it was just like when you're having all this amazing food around the country, you know, you're certainly able to compare things a little easier than, you know, having it spaced far between each other. Yeah, I took a, uh, I was recently on my honeymoon in Italy and we, my wife and I had some amazing, incredible food in, in Rome where we started. Then we went to Florence where everybody's like, the food in Florence is so good. We didn't have any, like, good food there. There were a lot of, there were some vegan places. Sure. Um, which I applaud them for existing, but just like you're saying, right. it's like, you realize that this could be way better. Like, this yeah, is yeah, so, yeah, yeah. it's kind of bland. I mean, yep. I'm happy that you exist. There are people at your restaurant eating and they look happy, but... Mm-hmm step up your game a little bit well and for some people they just that's their hood like i mean that's they live and they don't know they haven't had the herbivorous butcher or whatever you know what i mean they haven't seen the latest in you know as far as like i mean i guess science and vegan food and what it has to offer because it really is a sort of science of bringing certain ingredients i think um so i mean for them it's the bee's knees the best thing they've ever had you know yeah yeah but um yeah it goes it can go either way so have you lived in New York the entire time that you've been vegan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that yep. where you're from originally? I'm from Michigan originally. I've okay. been in New York probably now for about 10 years. And okay. before that, I was in Seattle for a little bit and Chicago and Atlanta. Bopped around. Um, so in New York in the past seven years, what kind of changes have you seen? Um, there is more vegan food popping it's like it's like if you go to the lower east side there's vegan food everywhere mm-hmm. if you go to some parts of brooklyn there's a lot of vegan food but now it's starting to pop up in in little corners everywhere it feels like mm-hmm. so while it was accessible before it's becoming even more accessible which is really cool um and uh, it's great that places uh certain places are embracing it though i don't see like how I go to Portland and Seattle, when I go to a non-vegan restaurant, there's always like vegan options available right. on the menu. I feel like I see that less here. Yeah, I 
I grew up in New Jersey, just outside of New York, and I okay. have um, a brother that's still in New York. And whenever I go there, which is pretty frequently, I've always been a little shocked that it's either all vegan or no options at all. And yeah, that, there yeah. are some exceptions, but for the most part, it's generally like all or nothing. Well, and that, what I always say about like Portland and Seattle and all that is not that it's so much the vegan mecca of having vegan restaurants. It's that I can go to any restaurant mm -hmm. and I'll be okay. Right. And, and that's, that's more so to me. That's, that's, I mean, of course I would love it if every restaurant were vegan, but when every place is offering options to me so that I can go anywhere with anybody, that mm -hmm. to me is, is, is more powerful right now because that's going to get non-vegans more interested in vegan food. If yeah. they can go to a place they're comfortable and then maybe I can order something vegan and they can try it, that's people people get upset with me all the time for going to restaurants that have something for everybody and i i try to have to explain this that like vegans get upset with me i mean when i go to restaurants mm -hmm. because they're like why are you supporting a restaurant that serves meat and i'm like well because we need to applaud them for putting sure. vegan options on their menu and we need to make it known to people that it exists so that if they're in that town with their whole family they can be like look we can all mm -hmm. eat here and then maybe that Someone who's non-vegan is going to try something vegan and that's going to spark a whole interest. You just never know, you know? Yeah, I feel like when I'm with my family in New York, I always try to push going to like John's on 12th or a place where they do... I haven't been there. You haven't been what there? What is that? It's no, like, I'm writing okay, it down now. John's on 12th. I think that's actually the name of it, John's on 12th. And it's a... Um, like an old school Italian place with like the melted right. candle wax on yes. the tables. And, uh, you know, you just look into a corner and you're just like deals have gone down over there uh, and uh, they uh, have an entirely separate vegan menu. I talked to the owner. I mean, it's probably close to five or six years ago about why he started incorporating vegan and also gluten-free uh, options into the right. menu. And he was like, well, I read Skinny Bitch and she was in here, like they were in here and um, I was, I just thought about it and realized, you know what, the, there's a market for this and I should yeah. try to have it. I mean, is it the greatest food you'll ever have in your life? Maybe not. Maybe you'll, maybe it will hit that spot for you, but it's, it's really good. They have an entirely separate vegan menu. I believe right. that their cannolis are just all vegan and gluten-free and they're yes. amazing. I know, right? Amazing. Yeah. And to have that at like an old school Italian place is just, absolutely. it's rare. Yeah. So and then you get to have that sort of like feeling that everyone else gets to have, like they're having an experience, you yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah, from my experience and I haven't been back in New York in a while, but there needs to be more places like that. And I, agree 1000% with what you're saying about how uh, it's good to support those businesses that aren't all vegan. It's good to support the vegan ones even more, but of also course. support of the course. other ones. Uh, the, the more that people go to them, the more likely they are to keep or add vegan menu items and Absolutely. maybe take over the entire menu someday. But Absolutely. until then, we got to support we have to yeah, we have to get those items so that they see that like they they did good. You done good yeah. by putting it on there. You know, there's a demand for it. So for I sure, know. yeah, sure. Um, so that's going off on a little bit of a tangent, but anyway, I wrote that down. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna do it. Oh, John's on Twelfth is great. Um, I mean, there's the obvious New York ones. You know, like Candle and wherever else that everybody always goes to. But there's yeah, yeah. There's... <laughs> <laughs> there's i you know candle i love candle i love 
if, if, if you're going to do it, I say go to Candle uh, 79 and actually, Candle 79? 79, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember? Actually do it up. They've got a couple cafes and they were mm-hmm. like, Interesting. They were sort of like priced the same, but the, I don't know. Something was interesting to well, me. And about- also, you can get they have their frozen food. Yeah, that you yeah, can get yeah, at yeah. Grocery stores, which is amazing. That's great. And there's like Angelica's Kitchen. There's mm-hmm. a lot of places that have been hopping around forever and are still extremely tasty. You know. Mm-hmm. Then of course you have like By Chloe and um, you know. Yeah, By uh, Chloe. They just opened in New York, right? She opened about a year ago. Was it a year ago? And- uh, the, her location in the village, and she just opened a location in the Flatiron District. Oh, okay. So it's just a new location yeah. in New York. Okay, mm-hmm. got yep. it. Um, yeah, I'm dying to try that when I'm either in New York or LA because there's one in LA. Also. Yes, 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 yes. And she's got that. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any uh, favorite spots in New York? Uh, I mean, I love by Chloe, but I don't go really because of the line. So, oh, is there a big line? <laughs> there's always a line, which I, I say that with all the love. I'm glad there's a line, yeah. but um, I, you know, I helped develop the menu, so I've tried all the food yeah. at least. <laughs> um, so I don't get that sad about it. Um, as far as favorites in New York, I mean, that's a really there's a really great new place I tried. It's not so new anymore. It's probably been there a year. It's called Toad Style Brooklyn, and it's got these amazing. It's a very focused menu. Um, some really great sandwiches, uh, and just really, really tasty. Uh, I still have not been to Superiority Burger yet. I'm hoping to get there this week, actually. Um, I just like so hearing about to... places that I've never heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you heard of Superiority? Burger? No, I haven't. It's like taking over New York. There's what? always a line out the door. So, and is that one all vegan? I, I, it's either all vegan or vegan and vegetarian. Okay. I so right. I'm uh, excited. I'm supposed to meet a friend there on Thursday. So Ooh, cool. try it finally. I just have to make time for the line. Um, but yeah, there's just there's always new stuff popping up all around. And um, you know, uh, Matthew Kinney's Pizza Place. I think it's mm. called Double O. I tried. It was delicious. Very very good. Um, so yeah, there's lots of good stuff. I. Uh, and uh, then, since you have your your culinary background, do you have any favorite things that you like to make? Oh wait, Avant Garden. Sorry, going oh. back. Another place in New York City. I mean, get ready for like make a reservation. Avant uh-huh. Garden. It's so super tasty. Anyways, things I like to make. Yes. Apologies. Um, <laughs> no, don't apologize for anything. <laughs> uh, macaroni and cheese. I'm oh. always always making different macaroni and cheeses and trying to come up with the best one. Um, I love it. I love it. We did a five ingredient challenge macaroni and cheese in the first season in the Philadelphia episode. Um, There's a Caesar salad. My first year on the road, the, uh, as far as being a vegan chef on the road, Mm -hmm. the only thing I had with me to really recipe test was my Nutribullet. Okay. Um, and I got obsessed with making, uh, vegan Caesar salad dressing that I love. So there's a really good Caesar salad dressing that I love, but, um, you know, it all depends on what I'm in the mood for. Since I haven't been home, I haven't been cooking. Like I said, I went crazy making vegan cheeses this week. Mm-hmm. I made a Gruyere cheese, a brie cheese, a cream cheese, a sharp cheddar cheese. Like I really went crazy. Did any, did they all turn out amazingly perfect? It did. I made a monster that like blew my mind uh-huh. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, really, it's like I'll be sitting there and be like, oh, I want to try and make this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I dig out a cookbook or I go online. I love it when people are like, Oh my gosh, how do you make that? I'm like, it is 2016. Google it. You yeah. can find it anywhere. You can find anything you want to make. I know. Find it. Go to google.com and oh search gosh. for anything and you will find it. Yeah. 
it's it's amazing. It's it's a wonderful time to be alive. <laughs> it's a wonderful time to be like people will be like, I'll do I'll put an episode out and they'll be like, Well, I really want to or I'll put a picture out and they'll be like, mm-hmm. I really want to I wish you would have included a recipe. I really want to know how to make that. And I'm like, Well, it's kind of my thing to like show you where these places are that you can get right, it. But right. if you want to make this and I'll like find a I'll find a link on Google and be like, You can have a recipe right here. Uh-huh. I just built it. It's magic. So uh so you're talking about macaroni and cheese a little bit. Uh, how long did it take you to kind of refine your your recipe? Uh, that one took me a couple months, uh, but I would still like to go back and refine it some more. Actually, now that I have time, because <laughs> <laughs> it's good, it's good, it's really good. My We're... cameraman loves it. I made it. For, oh, yeah. I've made it for him a couple times, and he freaks out about it. So I mean, that's always a plus because he's not vegan. So when he's oh, freaking out, really, about it, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, which is good to have him along because he'll be real honest about stuff. How did you two find each other? Um, excuse me, I had to take a sip of this delicious. I know you're making me so jealous. It's just like it's uh, just in the other room. <laughs> I can go get it. Um, I have been friends with Drew's girlfriend. My cameraman's name is uh, Drew Williams. I've been friends with his girlfriend for about sixteen years, I want to say, and then I probably met him only about five years ago. Um, and it was one of those things where, you know, again, the universe totally just brought us together at the right time. It was like, I have this idea. Are you interested? And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd be interested in that. And then, um, you know, I did the Kickstarter for the first one and it kind of took off and then we just went rolling. He was great on the second one. It was kind of, you know, he was like, anything you need, just let me know. So, I mean, he was really helping me out with Kickstarter and all this yeah. stuff like that. It's cool to have somebody who believes in it. What's his background like? Um, he does a lot of, uh, freelance video work in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where he's from. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then do you two know each other because of the Michigan, your Michigan past? We're actually from the same hometown. We just didn't know each other until like five years ago. I know it's insane. So that's actually, um, it's really interesting that he isn't vegan because when I met him at your rap party for season two, he was like hopping into conversations talking about vegan stuff left and oh, yeah. right. Like he knew everything about everything. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess being with you and, uh, you know, shooting the series, you learn a lot, but he could have well, fooled me. <laughs> that was the coolest thing about, and he certainly, he actually wasn't trying to fool you. He was very honest when oh, he was no, out on the I, I know that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Um, he was very honest when he was out on the road. Um, and there were, he really got into it, which and the first season and the second season, it was so cool. He just got into like uh, what it is and what it's about. And he started, you know, having his own feelings about it. And uh, Sam, his girlfriend, texted me last week and was like, Drew made me this field roast burger with this cheese on it. It was amazing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so great to hear. So, I mean, he definitely um, embraced the lifestyle when he was out on the road. He ate vegan, I would say probably. I mean, I don't even know when he didn't eat vegan. Yeah. When- out there but yeah he was there were a couple situations because you know us vegans sometimes can be a little extreme (laughs) there were a couple situations where i was like drew let's just keep it on the wrap so you're not vegan because it would just cause Mm. that sort of like negative energy when he's out there you know being very positive and 
he gave the vegan community a huge gift by doing what he's done with me. So, I mean, the way he films things and with nobody else doing this right now, he's given us a huge gift. So the last thing, in a couple instances, I was like, let's just not talk about you not being vegan tonight, you know? Sure, and I mean, if you think about it a little bit more, the fact that he's doing this with you and the fact that he is, I mean, eating probably mostly vegan when he's shooting this series with you, I mean, that's a huge contribution. He's doing... Uh, you know something for the vegan community uh, absolutely and the each like every single meal that he eats that doesn't have an animal product in it is good news for the animals <laughs> and it's absolutely. good you know, and i mean and then listen his girlfriend's texting me telling me he's making vegan sure, food he's so doing I'm, it at home that's great yeah yeah it's great it's fantastic that's really cool so uh, are, i are i have watched the first season um, when, so the second season, some of it is some of it out now or is all of it out now? Yeah. The way we're doing the second season is we've got 11 episodes and each episode is cut into four parts. So over the span of a month, you're getting once a week, you're getting a part of each episode. So like there's two parts to Seattle out right now. The mm-hmm. third part will come out this week. Um, and what happens is we keep each of those parts at about five minutes. So at the end of the month, if you want to watch a full episode all the way through, you've mm-hmm. got four parts to watch a TV size oh, yeah. episode. If you're more of the internet type where you just want to click and get five minutes in, you can do it, you know, five minutes at a time here or there. So it really is trying to satiate both worlds like that. Mm-hmm. Cause last season we were kind of stuck where we were like, uh, eight minutes is too short. 12 is too long. You yeah. know, nobody's going to watch it. And then I was like, what are we going to do this season to make it uh, more accessible for YouTube and, you know, for people to like it and click it and all that stuff like that. So we're hoping this has a bit of a difference on how people are able to view it. Cool. Yeah, no, that sounds like a really good idea. So there's a couple of the Seattle ones out now and there's... Yep. You got part one and two out to Seattle right now and part three comes out this Thursday. Cool. I'm probably going to put this episode up today. So that is still relevant information. (laughs) Yes. And then every Thursday after that, we've got about 44 weeks of content. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We're really, really excited to just kind of keep pushing them out. It's so cool after being on the road for three months to like start releasing things finally, you know? And I know that this is veering more towards the, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, how the sausage is made. But uh, what's your edit process like? Are you currently editing and just kind of rolling them out as you finish? Or yeah, have you been doing I mean, any while you're on the road? Drew and I tried to edit a little bit while we were on the road. Drew's doing all the post-production, so I say we very loosely. He's mm-hmm. doing all of the <laughs> post-production, and then he sends it to me, and I sort of put music in and... Um, you know, do a couple little like finishing touches or a couple little edits here and there, or he'll send me a video when it's almost done. And then I send notes back on that. It's, it's a very time consuming process still between the two of us. We're trying to stay ahead of the game. Um, and Drew's got another short film he's about to film coming up. So, I mean, he's swamped and then doing some videos for some other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's an ongoing process. We're trying to stay a step ahead um, but you know, 44 weeks of content, I'm sure we're bound to get a little, a couple weeks of rushing in there where we're not quite finished yet and ready for mm-hmm. Thursday, but it's the name of the game. Yeah. And then have you noticed a, uh, a spike in YouTube subscribers between the first season and the second season or has it nope. kind of stayed? My YouTube, my YouTube numbers are nowhere near where we would like them to be. So you if you're listening, people? please click subscribe. <laughs> um, you know, the only way we're going to get something like this 
to a larger studio or network or anything is if people subscribe. I've spoken to many managers who are interested in helping, but then they look at my numbers and they're like, well, come back to me when you've got XYZ, you know? Um, So the subscriber thing is weird. I don't really hit subscribe on YouTube channels. I'll watch videos and I don't hit subscribe. So, I mean, I get it, but now now I'm going to start hitting subscribe. I know. It makes a difference. (laughs) It really does. Uh, yeah, all those numbers matter. It's so weird. Everybody cares about every single metric. Well, and especially in the way things are now this, this day and age (laughs) with, you know, I mean, it's all social media and all that stuff like that. My Instagram's great. Facebook's pretty good, but my Twitter's kind of like not great because I don't chat on Twitter all the time, you know? So I mean, also I think that Twitter is kind of, uh, slowing down in general. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. But you know what? As long as you've got other stuff that are that's going well, like I mean, Instagram is just so much fun. I feel like that's I love uh, Instagram. It's so great. It's so much well, fun. Well, which is funny when I got on it like two years ago, I was like, What is this Instagram? Oh it's like, why don't I just tweet pictures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, Instagram's great. I know now I just don't even know what to do without it. Um So obviously everybody should go hit subscribe, watch season one, binge it up. Watch all binge of it that. in one sitting. I've, I've heard it's bingeable, which is the best compliment I could ever it ask. It really is. I did some binging. No, no the big best deal. compliment I could ask for. That's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, and season two is, has be, already begun rolling out, so everyone should check yes. that out. Uh, and when you watch the Kansas City episodes, keep in mind, somebody had a seizure and Sarah Silverman oh was there. And, uh, you know, it's Just fun to know that day. while you watch it. <laughs> Just a crazy day. It was filmed over two days because of all the crazy. Oh boy! Uh, well, two days for you of good good eating and a little bit of excitement. Great. Yeah, that place has great food. <laughs> and it was called Food, right? F- food, F U D. Yeah. Cool. And then, uh, how can people find you on social media? Since we were just talking about that. Yeah, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Vegan Roadie, and of course, the YouTube channel is the Vegan Roadie YouTube channel. And everybody should tweet at the Vegan Roadie and say, yes. "How come you don't tweet so much?" <laughs> and just give him a hard time. And then I'll start tweeting. I promise. And uh, just That's a right. shout out too, since you're putting this up this week, if you are in. Colorado, I'm going to be presenting at the Colorado Veg Fest this weekend. Oh, that's on, so cool. What is this weekend? The 23rd? The 24th? That sounds about right. The yeah, on the Saturday. The Saturday of the 20-something of, <laughs> of July uh, 2016. Yeah, uh, that, that's so cool. Have you been to a lot of Veg Fests? Um, I didn't get to go to as many Veg Fest as I wanted to this year, mainly because we were filming the whole time. I think I would have mm-hmm. lost my mind. But um, I love doing it. I have a great little presentation called Life is a Highway, Keeping It Vegan Well on the Go. I grab some, you know, you'll get a little bit of singing, and then I grab some uh, ingredients that you can get at your standard grocery store, any town that you're in, and I I'm, uh, show how you can make a few things in your hotel room, basically. And that is... Saturday, July 23rd. I got the day 12 to 12.45 uh, at the Colorado Veg Fest. Cool. And uh, by the way, everybody needs to know about the the hashtag that you love so much. Yes. Hashtag Kailed It. Kailed It. (laughs) So when you're posting anything everywhere, anywhere, hashtag Kailed It. Why not, right? Hashtag Kailed It. And if you want a Kailed It (laughs) t-shirt, they're available at troycloth.com and they're lovely 
cool. Well, hey, Dustin, thank you so much for talking with me. Oh, this has course. been a real blast. And hey, everybody out there, thank you for listening. Dustin, any final words before we wrap things up? Kailed it. Kailed it. <laughs>